And a hearty good afternoon or good evening or good morning whenever you might be listening to this Uxbridge High School Spartan podcast. I'm Uxbridge High School Principal Mike Rubin. It's great to be with you. It's been a while. I think it's been a couple months since I've recorded one of these and uh, apologies. It has been a very, very, very busy semester. Um, very busy first couple of months of the school year, but uh, good busy is 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 uh, busy is sometimes a good busy, and I think that's been the case for us uh, as we've settled into more of a, of a typical school year. Uh, certainly has the feel and fit of uh, sort of the way things were back in the fall of 1920. I mean, they're not not without our own, our challenges, but definitely a marked improvement uh, over the last uh, the last couple of years. I think. Uh, <laughs> And there have been. I was watching the Woodstock '99 documentary over the summer and realized that uh, that looked looked like something I'd seen before when you start talking about dumpster fires. But at any rate, I, I kid. We we got through the last couple of years with, you know, pretty much I think as well as we could have. Uh, and I'm really proud of where things are right now. And and still a lot of good uh, coming out of Uxbridge High School and uh, things that. You know, we want to highlight on this podcast as we're into the holiday season here of 2022. Uh, want to begin just by by first, uh, you know, really uh, talking a little bit briefly about the fall. Uh, really, just a, an awesome fall sports season. Uh, the the efforts of our cross country team. Uh, you know, certainly, uh, I think a lot of folks around have have heard about what Aiden Ross accomplished as a as a state champion and. A national qualifier, but but also having the team win uh, a, a district championship, uh, be Southern Worcester County championship again. Um, you know, for our field hockey team to win a second consecutive state championship and and to do it the way they did, twenty three and zero. You know, right down to you know the way some of our other teams that maybe didn't advance as far, but but the way they competed all season long. I mean, you know, we had. Golf teams in the uh, golf team in the postseason, boys soccer in the postseason, and pushing a number three seed to the to the brink of overtime, and our our girls soccer team uh, and boys soccer team both advancing in the state tournament. Our football team advancing in the state tournament and having a really awesome win on Thanksgiving Day, and and you know overall just just so many things for us to be to be grateful for and. I'm I'm just very impressed uh, with what we've seen. Uh, you know, we've seen some great numbers. Our, our fall play, um, the play that goes wrong, was was uh, just an awesome experience. Anybody who was there, I think, loved it. I went with my two daughters. Uh, they brought some friends, and and it was just a riot. Uh, the uh, just last couple of weeks ago, our holiday or our winter concert. Uh, just a, a credit to the perseverance of some of the students who, you know, for a couple of years of their career had to put those instruments in their and their voices away, basically. So, you know, I'm I'm just so impressed with with what I've seen in terms of of resiliency, and you know, things aren't perfect. You know, we've been dealing with some things. I'll talk about in a couple of minutes that that aren't a whole lot of fun, but but overall, you know, I, I think one of the the marks of a of a great school, and I, I I say this to people all the time. It's not that different than when I coached. It's it's the work that people do when you know the coaches aren't watching. It's the little things. It's the fact that we still have fewer you know kids in the hallway than than most places, and students actively engaged in classrooms. And 
you know, just, just so proud. And, uh, you know, we've been able to share that with the community. So a few things uh, really to highlight, you know, first, uh, you know, last week and the last couple of weeks, hosting career pathway nights and bringing in students from all across the, the district, third, fourth, fifth, sixth graders to play around on our technology, to interact with our teachers and to get a sense of what we're trying to do with students as they plan for the post-secondary world. It was really awesome. Um, I was so just excited watching the, the little ones uh, who know more about programming and modeling and, and the way that software interacts with 3D printing and, and laser engraving. It's, it's a whole other world of creativity. And the fact that they were able to interact with our teachers, get excited about what life at Uxbridge High School is going to be. And that's something we're, we're going to, again, look at uh, doing in a couple of months, but maybe take a little bit more of a less of an engineering and more of a digital media standpoint. Uh, we've invested in some really great machinery and some some cool equipment that not everybody maybe even is aware that we have. Uh, you know, a shout out quickly to to Mr. Barros, not only one of the uh, co-coaches along with uh, Mr. DeCoste of our playoff bound esports team, but also someone who got selected uh, his design selected for the uh, Mass Association of Art Educators State Conference. Uh, there's just so much, uh, so much for those, those guys to be excited about, those uh, men and women who are working in those programs and uh, the students, the, the work they're doing. We had a state championship again in, in an engineering program, which you know, we, we have smaller numbers than some of the behemoths out there and some of the programs that, you know, maybe have a little bit more choice and uh, developing uh, from numbers, uh, just, you know, schools that have you know, three times the number of kids as us. And uh, our students continue to not only perform, but but to excel. And uh, finally, you know, just on the uh, the academic and the uh, the career pathway side, we, we keep getting recognition from across the Commonwealth. And, you know, I think something that folks may not know is that the Baker Polito administration has been really great to our programs. Uh, you know, despite the pandemic and despite some of the challenges that the administration had to endure, uh, they have made some real solid investments in schools like ours like uh, programs that meet the needs of students who want choices when they leave high school. And the work of uh, Governor Baker, Lieutenant Governor Polito, Secretary Pizer, uh, their Labor Department, their Economic Development Department, uh, has really fueled our work. Uh, Representative Soder and I have spoken often about just how critical uh, this administration has been to recognizing challenges that schools face and then putting their money where their mouth is. So uh, as they leave and we prepare to uh, pass the baton, so to speak, to the uh, Healy administration, we really hope that a lot of these efforts uh, can continue. And we say thank you uh, because, the, again, this work would not have been possible uh, without the significant investments, including uh, a $75,000 skills capital grant that we were able to announce just this week. Um, just really awesome stuff. So those are a lot of the highlights and, you know, whether we're talking about the way we've been able to evolve positions and evolve uh, and enhance opportunities for students through adjustment counselors, through our dean of students work, uh, it, it really, it, we compound that 
with the challenges. And, you know, a couple of years ago, when we only had half the students in the building and we didn't have many kids that were, you know, even coming to school, some students were fully remote. It was, it was an awkward time. And there were some things we didn't see for a while. For example, we didn't have to worry about six or eight kids getting to the bathroom at the same time to do something that, you know, maybe wasn't best for suited for school. And that's because we didn't have that number of kids, but, but that's happening again. And uh, we do know about it. We've heard about it from some parents. We've heard about it from students. And we've been uh, really upticking our presence in restrooms, particularly in passing times. But, you know, kids find ways. Uh, you know, we're, those of you who are adults know that uh, this is not that different from where things were, you know, 25, 30 years ago. I graduated from high school 24 years ago and 25 years ago. And it was it was very similar uh, to what we're talking about right now, it they were students would find ways to you know go sneak a cigarette or something, and unfortunately the habits that we're seeing are, are difficult. Um, whether it's students bringing in vapes still, even though they're very hard to come by on the uh, uh, illegal market, <laughs> or they're not really uh, I shouldn't say they're not very hard to come by, but they're uh, you know contraband basically for anybody under the age of eighteen. We still see them. Um, they are passed around between students, and it's very, very difficult to uh, get a sense of, of where they're coming from because they're exchanged in individuals' pockets. I, I think the other piece of this that is is particularly important around around vaping is and and marijuana use and and some of the other things that that are coming up for us is that there are some really scary variations out there involving. Uh, other substances that we don't necessarily have uh, a strong degree of certainty. And we worry about that. I'm not going to lie. We worry about that a lot. While we're, while we're on the subject, you know, we've, we've been, you know, upticking our presence. Uh, We don't have surveillance in bathrooms and we don't go walking around into bathrooms unless we hear some sort of commotion and, it makes it very difficult uh, to to necessarily monitor this on an ongoing basis, but we are doing our best to be responsive. We are not the only school to deal with uh, incidents of vaping, incidents of students uh, passing controlled substances in a building. We, we are doing our best to respond and respond quickly and then use our support so that we're not just merely consequencing kids, but we're trying to, I guess, help them with the... Uh, you know, getting to root root challenges. If kids are self-medicating because they're dealing with, uh, you know, mental health challenges, we, we want to deal with that. And we're fortunate to have the counseling resources to do so. The other piece of where things are at this, this time of year, particularly as we head to the, uh, the January part of the semester, comes with the academics. While we have had some really awesome ways of focusing on learning and not the quote unquote, what'd you get game in terms of grades, there comes a point in time where students who have either not done work or have done poorly need to be held accountable. And these next couple of weeks of January, as we head toward the mid-year cycle, some classes will choke, will close out. 
this is where I think for a lot of students, the accountability really ticks up. And we aren't as concerned with what students get or earn for a grade as much as we're concerned about what they're learning. And I think that's where we really want to make sure that we stay on top of things heading into these final weeks. And particularly with upperclassmen, worried about some of those, uh, the impact of grades, impact of certain scores, we do need, and this is important, we do need people to remain vigilant and keep an eye on things because, you know, sometimes, yes, it's student effort, but there is human error on our part as well. And every now and then there's a piece of data that gets inputted incorrectly. We see a student's grade miscalculated. We want to be on top of that as well. And you know, we appreciate that communication. The last thing that I just want to bring up, and I think it's important uh, to just mention because people have asked me about it, is uh, staffing. And, you know, we have not really been entirely 100% fully staffed uh, since the start of the school year with the uh, you know, the exception of a, of a few weeks, you know, we've had some maternity leaves, we've had some medical uh, issues, um, and we have some other staff who have, have since resigned. Now, we will have two positions uh, starting after the holiday. We have a new English teacher and a new building support assistant. That's somebody who essentially is a day-to-day substitute teacher and will come to us every single day and, and, and have an assignment. We have a a vacancy right now in special education. We'll have three maternity leaves all coming up in March. And we are keeping an eye on uh, on the applicant pools and uh, trying to do what we think is best, uh, not only for our students and for our schools, but also uh, being, being mindful of a whole lot of needs that are out there. And the reality is some of these positions that we used to see, you know, maybe 50, 60 to 150 even applicants, you know, we're not seeing that in a lot of fields right now. And so that that really speaks to, you know, I think folks having some choice and us doing our best to both hold our folks to a high standard, to not allow people to, to become complacent, and at the same time, making sure that we are constantly making sure that uh, people feel like there's some professional satisfaction in in their jobs. And we, we really need, you know, student families to be part of that dialogue as well. Uh, before I sign off and, and uh, this podcast and, and just say thank you, uh, the last thing I just want to bring up real quick is just how incredibly grateful I am uh, in the building. I talk about the staff often. I talk about you know my work with our leadership team, but you know, I, I often say that schools have their tone set by seniors. Uh, and if you have an awesome senior class, my colleagues in the in the business will agree, an awesome senior class can certainly set the tone for an entire building in a school year. This senior class is the first senior class that's been with us since they were in eighth grade. And uh, we've watched them grow. We've watched them develop. They've, they've had a couple of hiccups certainly along the way. Uh, this is a group that lost a chunk of their sophomore year. They lost a chunk of their junior year. I'm uh, sorry, they lost a chunk of their freshman year. They They lost part of their their sophomore year was was the hybrid year, and then you know last year was was certainly not without its challenges as well. I, I cannot say enough about how this senior class has has led our school this year and set the tone. I, I'm just so impressed and so proud of them, and I, I can only hope that. Uh, and this is not to disparage groups of the past 
that this is really just going to set us in motion for several years because they, they have really uh, been impressive since day one, uh, both in their attitudes and their efforts in their contributions their academics their athletics everything their leadership their 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 service it's just been awesome and i know i sound i'm fawning a little bit but uh, i really want to thank the class of 2023 and hope parents of the classes of 24 5 6 and 7 uh can can help put a little bit of pressure on those other grades so that when they come through that we're saying the same thing about them so with that I think I'm going to say so long from this Uxbridge High School Spartan podcast for December 22nd. It's been a really great school year so far on behalf of all of us at UHS. I just want to say uh, on behalf of all of us, have a very happy and healthy holiday season, a joyous new year, and all the best from all of us for a great 2023. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. I'm Uxbridge High School Principal Mike Rubin. This has been the Uxbridge High School Spartan Podcast. Be well, everyone. Have a great night.